and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. So I wanted to talk about whether or not we should talk about the LGBT issue within the Muslim community. So I'm going to have another podcast talking about why I think we should talk about larger social issues in general. So that's not really the question here. The question here is, should we within the Muslim community engage in the discussion about LGBT issues? So I hope you catch the nuance. So it's one thing for a Muslim to go into larger society and give their point of view on the LGBT issue, contribute to research that's pro-family, you know, pro-traditional family, talk about maybe some of the negative consequences in the quote-unquote gay lifestyle. And there are differences between the way that gay men live and the way that a heterosexual couple live. Um, There's, just for one, there's more promiscuity and there's actually more violence in the LGBT community. So if you were going to contribute to that larger research, I think that's fine. I don't see an issue there. But the issue that I'm grappling with that I think is interesting is bringing this issue into the Muslim community and talking about it in a way as if it's just another issue that we need to grapple, right? And, you know, there's a part of me that worries about this because I worry that the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, right? So the issue of homosexuality in the Muslim community, or in Islam rather, is very black and white. And it's so black and white that Islam really and truly, the the whole concept of being gay is not really recognized in Islam because the main issue is sodomy, right? And there are people throughout history who have engaged in sodomy, you know, between men that didn't consider themselves gay necessarily. So we know that in Greek society, it, it seemed to be a norm, or maybe it was a norm for the elites, that they would sleep with men and they'd sleep with women. That was their life. That was normal to them. So it's not necessary that everyone who commits sodomy conceptualizes of themselves as gay, nor even that everyone that's attracted to someone of the same sex conceptualizes themselves as gay. So that's an important thing to note as well. And even that from its very root is a part of what concerns me. And it's interesting because it's very difficult to engage in the discussion without using their vocabulary. So as we just laid out, in Islam, the issue is primarily sodomy. Whereas when you talk about LGBT issue, they're not just talking about the actual act, talking about behaviors, they're talking about feelings. So that's also the difficulty. And I was on a recent panel about this issue and we're having this discussion about gays are being excluded from the masjid, gay Muslims are being excluded from the masjid. And I had heard them say this a couple of times to my two other panelists that I had to say, wait a minute, what are we actually talking about, right? Because when you step into a masjid, who exactly are you telling that you're like, 
when you look at someone, you don't know they're gay. Now, yes, you can notice that someone is effeminate or someone is masculine, but that doesn't mean that they are gay. So if you walk into a masjid as a man and you have some feminine mannerisms or you walk into a masjid as a woman and you have some masculine mannerisms, are people actually turning you away? And that's first and foremost. No one knows you're gay until you tell them. So then in what context are you saying it? Are you saying, I'm gay? First of all, no one needs to know that. If you are gay, no one needs to know that. That's first and foremost, right? But secondly, especially in a place where we're just going to worship. But if somehow that comes up and it's like, you're saying, I'm gay, but I just came here to pray. Or I just came here to learn more about Islam. Or I just came here to get some solace, do some dhikr. There's no reason anyone should bother you. Again, why that would come up in a conversation, I don't know. But if it did, there's no reason anyone should bother you. Now, if you're gay, the the real issue that we would have in the Muslim community is if you're gay and you're trying to promote your lifestyle, you're trying to pro- or trying to promote homosexuality or homosexual acceptance in any way, shape, or form. So. The interesting thing is that, so then this man, when I, when I said essentially that, the brother beside me, he said, well, are you saying that, um, something like, why are we identifying people by their sin, I think is what he said. And I essentially said, well, if you are calling yourself gay, you're the one identifying by your sin, which is, well, let me save that for a moment, but that's an interesting point in itself, but let me save that. So... Then he said, well, is it a sin to call yourself something? I don't remember exactly how he put it. And so I had to take a minute. I think I said, I don't know at first. And then he said something like you, well, you already answered it and the way you spoke about the question or something. And then I said, well, here's here's the issue. And of course, I'm paraphrasing everything. <laughs> but I said, essentially, here's the issue. The issue is not that you're gay. Whatever that means, right? Because we already said that could be a feeling, a behavior, or this or that. The issue is, are you promoting the acceptance of homosexuality in terms of promoting having feeling for the same sex? Because we don't judge on feelings, but if you're promoting having feelings for the same sex and you're promoting that as it's okay, it's normal, that that's an issue, though even we can talk about that in some more nuance. If you're saying that the behavior needs to be accepted, like when you say LGBT or when you say gay, all of that is in it. And that's unfortunate because when someone is gay or when someone just has feelings, it doesn't mean they're going to act on it. In fact, it's highly rewardable if you don't act on it. And so, yes, I think it's a big issue to call oneself gay. But even more than that, on a fundamental level, it's extremely problematic that even in the Muslim community, we've adopted this language. Now, I think it's inevitable. It's hard not to. We live in the West. It's very difficult not to. We live in the the West. People put their schools, (laughs) people put their children in schools. They let their children watch whatever they want. So we're going to be influenced by that culture. I mean, most of us watch whatever we want, right? So we're all going to be influenced by the culture that we're in. But if you really think about it, it doesn't, like in a Muslim 
mindset, Islamic framework, it doesn't make any sense to even use that terminology. No one would say, even if they were an alcoholic, no one would say, I'm an alcoholic. Like, that's just my identity. Or someone who commits zina, I think the word is zani, I don't remember. But, you know, you wouldn't categorize yourself by your sin, whether it is something that you're battling, something you're engaging in, or just something that perpetuates in your thoughts. So there's some there's a problem with calling yourself gay merely because of feelings or because you do act on those behaviors because that behavior is a sin and it's something you should be working against but the funny thing is because someone will say well why do you have to solely talk about the person and I got what the brother was saying why are we solely focusing on them as a sin why are we solely focusing on that aspect But the problem is that they do it to themselves. Like no one is telling you to call yourself gay. No one, just like no one should call themselves an alcoholic or a gambler, right? You have a problem and you're trying to deal with that problem. But in our society, because, and especially, honestly, even if someone called themselves an alcoholic, I would actually, I think that would be better, not as bad as calling oneself gay. Why? I'm not saying... I don't know where those sit, you know, I don't know where those exactly sit in terms of sin, which one is worse than the other. I have my own assumptions, but I don't know for sure. But because in our society, being gay is accepted, then you're putting yourself in a position where you're committing a sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, against your religion, but you are claiming it And by doing so, you're going to get acceptance and acknowledgement from non-Muslims. So if you're a, if you're an alcoholic, that's unacceptable in Islam and it's unacceptable in society. So if you called yourself an alcoholic, people see you as calling yourself something that is negative and bad. Now, some people may feel like they have to do that to remind themselves to stay away from alcohol. Like they're I think that's a part of the AA program where they say essentially, I have no power over alcohol. Like they, everyone has a different approach, right? So some people may need to have that at the forefront of their mind and say, I'm an alcoholic just so that they know I can't be around alcohol. No, I can't take a sip. Let's say for non-Muslim, I can't take a sip. I can't be around it. It can't be in my house because they have to have that awareness because the problem is that big. But in our society, homosexuality being gay is accepted and so for a muslim to call themselves that they're sending a signal both ways they're sending a signal to uh non-muslims where they're going to get acceptance and they're sending a signal to their community where they know that they are identifying in something that is haram and they're going to get negative reactions but what they do not all of them well not all but just those who are um, activists, even some who are not gay, but they're just advocates of this issue, is that they call themselves by this and then they say, don't problematize me, accept me. But it's like, we have no problem accepting you, but don't call yourself by a name, by something that is reprehensible in Islam. Like you can't have it both ways. And, you know, years ago, almost a decade ago now, if not more, 
Then this was the first time I really heard about the, heard this issue being spoken about in the, let's see, in like a mainstream sort of way. So there's always going to be Muslims who are far to the left, right? There were, well, extremists on all sides, on all sides, on all different kinds of issues. But then there's the middle road. There are the, what might you call it, the moderate Muslims, even though I'm sure a lot of us hate that term, but the moderate middle of the road Muslim that, you know, the Kamra, the Ikna, the Isna, all of that. So it was about over a decade ago when I first heard someone ask this question and it was addressed where the woman said, is there a place for gay Muslims? And you can see this online. It's a clip from a Sherman Jackson. It was a panel. And actually I was there, but I don't remember. I don't remember what it was like. I don't remember, but it, it wasn't a big conference sort of thing because it must've just been a one day lecture panel because it was in a room, moderate sized room, not huge. And maybe there were three or four panelists. I, I believe it was just that day. So it wasn't like an Ikna or Isna, but you had mainstream scholars there. And so his ish, his um, answer, excuse me, was we have to be careful about what we mean by this question. It is important that the answers we give to these questions are grounded in a way that an, in a way as answers that are respectable according to Islam. Um, then he goes on. We do not excommunicate individuals on the basis of behavioral indiscretions that they commit and the individuals who engage in homosexuality, homosexual behavior are not disqualified from being Muslim. I think that is important to say, like whatever you do, as long as you are not, um, one, as long as you're not saying that something that's known to be a sin is actually not a sin and is okay. And two, that you don't deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you remain a Muslim because you believe in Allah and you believe in his messenger. But you're engaging in something that's haram. We all engage in things that are haram and they have different levels. So it doesn't necessarily take you outside of Islam. And I think that that is important to know. So, but then he says, but if homosexuals want to say, I'm a homosexual and you must accept homosexual acts as being acceptable and permissible in Islam, I don't see a place for that. So that was 10 years ago when we really didn't have to engage with this issue as much. And when I was on this panel about homosexuality, then there was a question of why don't Muslims talk about this issue or whatever. And I think the brother beside me said, you know, it's time, it's important to have these discussions. Difficult time grappling with the idea that this is an important discussion. Because I think that we need to walk back like we need to walk it all back first and foremost and I don't want to get into too much detail maybe in another podcast but it's interesting to watch our language even the idea of LGBT what do these things have to do with each other lesbian gay what's the b bisexual transgender some of these things are only loosely aligned what is what is being transgender have to do with being a lesbian not much, you know? So I think even that, that needs to be constructed. We also have to question, why would you call yourself something that you're not engaging in, but just because you have feelings? 
because some people will say that. I I recently, I I don't even want to mention it. I won't mention it, but anyway, the, the general point is that you'll hear people say, well, being gay is not about sex. It's like, but then why are you calling yourself, why would you call yourself this title just because of your feelings? So even by calling yourself that, there's a kind of acceptance that you're asking for. Because someone who is attracted to children probably wouldn't go around calling themselves a pedophile because thankfully, alhamdulillah, thus far, pedophilia is not socially acceptable. You would not be accepted by non-Muslims or Muslims if you call yourself a pedophile. Even someone who's attracted, I don't know if there's a name for this, there probably is, but someone who is attracted to animals or attracted to um, objects, you wouldn't walk around calling yourself that because it's not socially acceptable. So let's be honest about the fact that we have been deeply influenced by the society that we live in and we need to take a step back. On this issue, I really believe that we need to be like outsiders and we have to try our best not to absorb their language, to talk about this issue from our framework. And it's not easy, you know, even in myself, whenever I'm talking about this issue and using these terminologies, even just using the term gay, lesbian, transgender, these are all their terminologies. And we, as Muslims, as I've probably said a couple of times already, we're not going to identify with something that is a sin or is going to lead to a sin, right? It's someone who is someone who's a thief in their mind, right? Maybe every time they see someone with nice clothing, they're, they want to take it. Or they see someone with money, they see someone with jewelry, they want to take it for themselves. Are they going to call themselves a thief because of their feelings? Of course not, right? So we have to realize that a part of the reason why some Muslims are even taking on this description is because it's become acceptable among non-Muslims. And so you have to realize that even in your language, you're calling for an acceptance of something that is unacceptable in Islam. If you have same-sex attraction issues, then you deal with that, right? And honestly, there's a part of me that thinks that we we make too much of a thing about this stuff. People have all kinds of desires. We are not born perfect. That's why we have Islam to try and refine ourselves, inshallah. So we have to also ask, why is this particular issue being given so much time and so much space in our communities? Now, I mean, alhamdulillah, it's not, it's not anywhere to the degree that it is broader Western society, but there are people who are pulling and calling for it to be, saying that we need to talk about this issue more. Why? Should we spend more time talking about people who have issues with stealing? Should we spend more time talking about people who have issues with jealousy and envy? Should we spend more time talking about people who have problems with pedophilia? Should we spend more time talking about people who are attracted to animals? And on and on and on. Like, all of those issues deserve their time. But I would love to know why this particular vice should get so much time. 
And again, that's only because we're following the way of larger society. There is no reason this particular issue deserves its own special panel and its own, you know, obviously maybe I shouldn't say that since I was on the panel, but I do question how much we should talk about this because I question that no matter what we say, we're normalizing the conversation. And then maybe for me as well, even maybe even doing this podcast episode and I have I think one um, one post on my blog, maybe that too is a part of the problem. The only thing, the tricky area for me is that I think from a ethical standpoint, it doesn't deserve as much attention as people are calling for it to get. But then the problem is that, well, we do live in this society and we are being influenced by them. So a teenager who has those feelings, if they're going online, they're going to find all this acceptance from people. And, you know, if they come out on a gay, whatever, forum, then all these people are going to say, you know, that's great. Live your truth. Rainbow flies and all. And then if they come to the Muslim community and we won't even talk about it, I can see how some people will say, well, that can be an issue. And I honestly have to say, like, people will question this stuff before they question why they let their children go to public school or why they let their children watch so much TV or spend so much time on the internet. Because I have to be honest, that's a bigger part of the issue as well. Why are we letting children of this generation just consume so much Western culture? And then on the other side of it, we're saying, okay, we have to talk about these issues because it's happening all around. Well, it's only happening all around them if you let them have unfiltered access to the internet, to television. And I know that's difficult. That's a whole other issue. But this world, I'm not saying it wasn't pretty bad when I was growing up too. It certainly was, but it's only gotten worse. And I think at least when I was growing up, there was still a space and an acceptance of, oh, you're Christian, oh, you're Muslim, oh, you're Jewish. We accept that you have your values and we're going to just leave you to it, right? We know that your religion doesn't accept these things. We're, we just won't bring that up. It won't be a point of discussion. We're just going to leave you alone on those issues. It wasn't being pushed in our face. First of all, it wasn't all over the media. But secondly, it wasn't being pushed in our face that we have to accept this stuff. We were kind of allowed to live in our bubble to some degree. And furthermore, I know that in the black community, then there was really, in my observation, there was a sort of um, don't ask, don't tell policy, right? You didn't ask someone, you may have thought so-and-so is gay. You may have even kind of known it, right? You may have heard through the grapevine sort of thing, but you didn't ask and they didn't tell you. And the last thing I'll say, I had to give a lecture and they wanted me to discuss to mention the the you know gay issue and one thing that i said is that when i was growing up in high school then one of my really good friends was this guy non-muslim who was gay i didn't know he was gay so to speak but i did know like it was so one of those things that everybody kind of knew but you know what he never told me and i never asked so in that way, we were, a- and I think that's sort of representative of society at the time in general. In that way, we were able to coexist and be friends and not have 
to to grapple with that issue or have conflict over that issue. Whereas I think for teenagers growing up today, if you have a friend that's gay, you have to accept it. You have to celebrate them. And if you say anything less than the most positive words, you're a bigot. So how can you send a young Muslim child into that environment? Like everyone is going to do what they want to do with their children. But I'm just saying as an Ummah, as Muslims in a minority country that is increasingly going away from religion, we have to question even the most basic stuff. We have to question if you really want your child to go to public school. You have to question them watching TV, right? And TV had its had its issues, again, it had its issues when I was growing up as well, but it's only gotten worse. And so you can't just let them watch TV, right? You have to know... What is it that you are watching exactly? Who are these people that I'm going to send my kid to school with? What are the teachers? What's the curriculum? What are the students like? You have to make more of an effort because the world is changing so much. And we shouldn't just sort of allow it to infiltrate our discussions as Muslims and what we talk about. Like We have to have a balance. I understand we have to talk about it because of the reality that parents are sending their children their children to public school and they are letting them watch whatever so then we have to then address from an islamic point of view some of these issues but we should still make sure we frame it through our lens and not through a non-muslim secular non-religious lens if you'd like to support my work please head over to patreon Patreon, patreon.com slash Knight. Be sure to follow me on social media at fig and olive blog and you, you can reach me via email info at Thank you for listening and take care.